We have been uh, working through a series on uh, through the book of 1 Corinthians, which is a, a book in the Bible. Uh, we've been just kind of going through sentence by sentence and uh, just seeing what God has to say to us. Last week we talked about the reality of the almighty, all-powerful God who uh, created the universe, who knows everything, who is 100% loving, 100% powerful, 100% good, how he's actually living in us. That we have actually received a spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, that God is not just with you. If you are in Jesus, you've received the spirit. You've received the spirit of God lives in you. And uh, we just talked about how that should radically change us. And how uh, because God is in us, that, that there are times when we think just like God. As the passage says, that we have the mind of Christ. And today we're going to talk about... Uh, Living by the Spirit, this is the next section. So let me read our text. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere humans? Now, meaning that as followers of Jesus, we should not live like mere humans. Because, guess who's in us? <laughs> the almighty God of the universe. So we, don't, we don't act like mere humans. But this text addresses this question. So we're going to look at today. And, and it, it, uh, Paul says, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit. That Paul was hoping he could. That was Paul's desire for the Corinthians, that they, they would be people who would be living by the Spirit. But he, he says they were not living by the Spirit, but they were actually worldly, or they were acting like, like mere humans. That is, and the idea of worldly or me, being a mere human is it's kind of living like a Christian atheist. And, and, you know, uh, you, live, you say you're a Christian, but you just kind of live like there's no God. You, live, you, you say you're a Christian, but you live like God's not actually in you, and all your decisions and, and thoughts are around the, the worldly realm, and, and your limitations, not God's limitations. And, and so he was hoping that they would be living by the Spirit, which shows that it is possible to be a follower of Jesus and not living by the Spirit. Because he's addressing Christians here. Uh, you just go back to uh, verse 1. He says, to the church, and the church is not a building, it's the people of God. He's, he's writing to the people of God, to the church of God at Corinth, to those sanctified, that is, made holy, uh, forgiven in Jesus Christ and called to be his holy people. These were followers of Jesus, and Paul was saying, I, I, I was hoping that you'd be living by the Spirit by this time, but, but you're not, you, you, you are worldly. And so we're going to talk about this today. Uh, living by the Spirit, what does that mean? Uh, 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 just the question is, uh, where, where are you at in, in this today? That's what we're going to be looking at. The idea of being uh, living by the Spirit, uh, the Bible uses other phrases similar to that. Walking by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, again, living by the Spirit. The idea is, is who is leading your life? Paul's hoping that this church would be led by the Holy Spirit, that 
Each individual will be led by the Holy Spirit. The, the leadership would be led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, but they were not. They were led just out of their humanness, their own decisions, their own ingenious. Their, uh, so there are a lot of things that, we, that can lead us in life. Uh, we can let, be led by self. Where if you picture a throne uh, of your life, where it's kind of you on the throne. And so whenever you have to make a decision, uh, you kind of look to your own wisdom. And this is what I think is probably the best in the situation. And uh, you kind of lead, you make all the decisions. And but the, the, the problem with self on the throne is you don't know everything. And I don't know everything. You're not all wise. And so we face decisions all the time where we only can make the decision out of what we know, and sometimes we don't know the right answer, so we make the wrong, wrong decision, and we mess everything up, right? Uh, self is not the best kind of leader for your life. Uh, other times, we let uh, our feelings lead. And sometimes our feelings are right. But sometimes our feelings are totally wrong. Uh, sometimes our feelings lie to us. Sometimes we may feel something, but it's actually not even the truth. I mean, you may feel someone hates you, but they might actually like you. Maybe they just looked at you funny because they... I don't know, ate some weird pizza or something, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you can have other people uh, can, can lead you. Uh, you may have this, this picture, whenever you make a decision in your, in, in your life, you always picture, what's mom going to say? Or what, what, what is my husband going to say? And so you have these, or you know, what's this person going to say? There's someone else who just influences all your decision. Or maybe that other person is Google. Let's just ask Google. I don't know what the answer is, let's ask Google, you know, what should I do? I don't know who to marry, let's ask Google, you know. Uh, other people can lead you. Uh, sometimes we can be led by, by things. Things like money can actually lead us. Where all our decisions and, and all our desires are actually, they're all shaped by, by money. Uh, if this makes more money, I'll go there. If it doesn't, I won't go there. And it doesn't matter if God's in it or not, money is my leader. Uh, it can be things like uh, possessions, or it can be just things that aren't even uh, loving. And that's the problem with things leading you, because if you want a leader in your life, you want a leader who is all-knowing and all-powerful, but also all-loving. Uh, things cannot love you. Sometimes evil spirits can lead us, uh, because we know at times evil spirits can drop thoughts into our mind. And sometimes we can listen to those thoughts and be led by them. Or it can be led by the Holy Spirit. And, and this is what we should all be shooting for. Is what Paul was hoping uh, for these uh, followers of Jesus. He says, I wish I could have addressed you as people who live by the Spirit. Or being led by the Spirit. Or having the Holy Spirit on, on the throne. Uh, Bill Bright of Campus Crusade for Christ. Maybe you've seen this before. He puts it this way. He talks about the natural person. This is the person who has a self-directed life. As someone who has not received Christ, who's not opened open their life to God. You see, there's a chair that's kind of the throne. And who's sitting on the chair? It's, it's, it's me. It's self. Christ is outside of their life. It's the, the cross down there. And all those little bubbles are basically all the things in someone's world. All the decisions they need to make, all the little stressful things, the things that cause them anxiety. I can make all the plates they have to keep spinning all the time in their life. And, and who's in charge of that reality? It's, it's me. I'm sitting on the throne. And this can be a very stressful way to live. Because after all, all the decisions, they're up to you. 
Uh, you got to control everything. You need to control the people around you. You got to control your situation because you got to keep all these decisions. Because after all, who's the boss? It's me. I'm the king of, of this universe, so I better do well. And when you don't do well, I mean, everything falls apart. I mean, this is a very difficult way, way to live. This is self on the throne. And then we have the spiritual person. This is the Christ-directed life. The one who is directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is where Christ, uh, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are on the throne of your life. You are surrendered. And you notice how all the different things uh, surrounding uh, your life, they're, they're in greater alignment in this picture. Because God is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's all-wise. And he's all-loving. And when you have a king who's all-powerful, all-wise, all-knowing, and all-loving in charge, things tend to be in better alignment. <laughs> and so this is, this is a life that we want to be shooting for, a life that, that is surrendered, that, that realizes that every decision we make, every step that we take, uh, every thought that we have needs to be surrendered to, to the king who knows best. And we're not just talking about a king who is all-powerful and not loving, because nobody wants that. Nobody wants someone who's all-powerful and not loving uh, because that, that can corrupt, that can, that can be dangerous. But, but God is all-powerful and yet all-loving. He's the perfect leader. And so we want to make sure the Holy Spirit is on, on the throne. And then Bill Bright talks about a third kind of person. This is the person uh, directly talked about in our text today. This is what he calls it the carnal person. We could say worldly uh, Christian or whatever. That's, that, that's the phraseology of uh, 1 Corinthians. This is one who has received Christ, but who lives in defeat because he is trying to live the Christian life in his own strength. And so Christ is in, in their life. He's, you know, accepted Christ, and, and he, he's there, but he's not on the throne. Self is still on the throne. I still need to control everything. I still need to make all the decisions. Really, it's all up to me. If that's not working out, I gotta push. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta work hard to make sure it's working out. That person's not in line. I gotta control the situation. And if they get out of line, I gotta use anger or force, or I freak out, or get it all you know whatever it is to control that person uh, because you're still on the throne. And and it, God's outside the throne. Now this person, because Christ is in their life, will will tend to look to God for advice. Uh, God, what do you think I should do? Yeah, that's a little bit too hard. I don't think I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, God, what do you think I should do? That's going to take some courage. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, God, what do you think I should do? Well, I like that. I, that's a great idea. I'll take that one. So God is actually more, uh, the Holy Spirit in your life is more of someone who just kind of gives advice. He's kind of more like an advisor. You know how kings have advisors and kings can say yes or no? This is one way to kind of live your Christian life is where you're still on the throne, and yet the Holy Spirit is kind of your advisor. And, uh, and this, again, causes chaos. Because in the end, everything's still up to you. You still got to control everything. You still, in the end, you get anxious about everything because really it's all on your lap because you're the boss, you're in charge. And it can be, again, a very stressful or uh, a chaotic way to live. It is like uh, the idea of having Jesus in the trunk. Or the Holy Spirit in the trunk. Uh, kind of like a spare tire. You know, we drive our car. We don't think about our spare tire ever, do we? Until we get a flat. Until we're in trouble. And, and when we're in trouble, we're like, okay, well, now that I'm in trouble, I better go get that spare tire. And then you open up the trunk and you pull out the spare tire. And a lot of times, even as followers of Jesus, we can treat God that way. 
I'm in the driver's seat. Things are going well, you know. Got the tunes going, and this, this is awesome. Until you run into trouble. And you're like, ah, this one's beyond me. I better go get that spare tire. And so you go and you pop open the trunk, and you go to church that weekend, and you might actually open your Bible, and you pray that, and you start seeking God and worshiping because I need help, and things are falling apart. God, I, I, God, I need you. And God is so gracious. That even when we don't deserve it, he steps in there and, and he, he lifts us up and he comforts us and, and he, he gives us grace and maybe he heals us or strengthens us. He gets us through the valley of the shadow of death or whatever it might be. And, and, and then we're just awesome. And then we're feeling good. But it's pretty quick we get back in the driver's seat and put Jesus back in the trunk. There is a much better way to live. And that is just saying, Jesus, would you drive? I don't know where you're going. Might be an adventure, but Jesus, would you just drive? Jesus, I got all this stuff in my life that I can't figure out, and I don't know the answer for, and I'm stressed out. Jesus, would you drive? Would you, would you guide me through this? Would you take control of this? Jesus, would you be the king of my life? And you know what? He, he always says, yes. You got problems? Yes. I'll be in charge of that. You're stressed out? Yes, give that to me. The Bible says, cast all your anxiety on him because he can handle it and he cares for you. He wants to be your king and he's a good king. But whenever we put Jesus in the trunk, our life will often be just chaotic because we're in charge and we don't know everything and so we're going to make a lot of bad decisions. Uh, we got to control things, and whenever you try to control things, it always usually turns bad, right? Because you hurt people. And lives that are with self on the throne are often defined by chaos. And maybe your life is just filled with all kinds of chaos. And one of the reasons sometimes it's full of chaos is because you got the wrong person on the throne. It's you instead of, instead of God. And this is what's happening in this church. Uh, Paul couldn't address them as people who live by the Spirit. They were worldly. They were sitting on the throne. And the result of self on the throne is always chaos. And this church had a lot of chaos going. He says, you are still worldly. Uh, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? One of the symptoms of self being on the throne is jealousy and quarreling and fighting and turmoil and relationship problems because that's what was going on in this church. Because again, when you place yourself on the throne, your decisions are not going to be perfect. And uh, you will just end up hurting people. You remember what was going on back to 1 Corinthians 1. We talked about this a couple months ago. But it talks about what was going on. This quarreling and division. Uh, Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you. But that you may be, now notice what his dream for the church was. That you be perfectly united. Look what Paul's saying. I, I just want you perfectly united. And this is God's dream for his church. That we here would be perfectly united. That we would be perfectly united with all the other Jesus following churches around. Uh, but that wasn't happening. So he says, my brothers and sisters, some of you from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Uh, another says, I follow Paulus. Another says, I follow Cephas. Still another says, I follow Christ. And I don't think they were saying that in a good way, but, you know, I follow Christ. I'm so much better than you, you know. Uh, they were fighting over leaders. 
And they were people who were not getting their identity in Jesus. They were getting their, in their identity in their flavor of Christianity. And whenever you start getting your identity in your flavor of Christianity other than Jesus, there will always be quarreling and fighting. Because all of a sudden, you've got to prove others that you're right. All of a sudden, you've got you to defend your position and you've got to fight with others. I tell you, when you have your identity in Jesus, you can thoroughly disagree with somebody on theology and have a beautiful conversation. Man, I love having theological conversations with people whose identity is in Jesus. I love it. Even if they totally disagree with me, I just love it because they don't get threatened. And we can talk deeply and search the scriptures and say, what about this? And, but you talk to someone who gets their identity and their theological position, they always get mad. <laughs> and they're hard to talk to. Uh, Paul's desire was not that this be broken up in teams. And the reality is, in Christianity, there is no team, because there's actually only one team. It's Team Jesus. One family. There's one church. In fact, Paul uh, goes on, and he says, uh, So then no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All are yours. Why? Because they're all part of your family. <laughs> Apollos is yours. Paul is yours. Barnabas is yours. I mean, Andy Stanley is yours, uh, Bill Heibel, you know, you can just go through all these guys. Uh, they're a part of our, they're on our, they're on our, on our, on our team. And so they were fighting over this thing. But the idea is that when you, when you put self on the throne, it will result in chaos. Quarreling, fighting, divisions, broken relationships, broken marriages, trouble here, there, and everywhere. It's one of the, the results. And this is exactly what Galatians 5 says. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, or you put yourself on the throne, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, and here's our two words, dissension and division. This is a result of the of, of self being on the throne, or, or the flesh being activated in our lives. Throughout the Bible, quarreling is never a good thing. Uh, it's, it's in one of the lists here of, of the results of the sinful nature. And the opposite, when you let the Holy Spirit lead, there's a whole different kind of wake behind the leadership. If you put self on the throne, there's going to be chaos. You put the Holy Spirit on the throne, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I think we look at that list and say, I could use more of that in my life. I could use more of that in my life. Then it's just a matter of us steeping, uh, stooping down lower and surrendering more and say, God, you can have it all. You can have every aspect of my life. This decision, I really want to make this decision, but God, I'm going to leave it in your hands. What do you say? What do you say? To let the Holy Spirit lead leaves a whole different path. One path is trouble, one path is, is peace. And this is what Romans 8 actually says. It says, for those who live according to the flesh, or you put yourself on the throne, have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Or the, the life where self is on the throne it just causes death a lot of times. The life where the Holy Spirit is on the throne and we're surrendered is a life of life and peace. 
And that's what we're going to be, be, be moving towards. And so he says in this passage, he's talking about them being worldly, mere infants in Christ. And he says this, I, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. In other words, he, he would have hoped that by this time, that they've been Christians for a while, for about three years, that they would have moved beyond quarreling and jealousy. I mean, Hebrews, it talks about how they should have moved beyond the elementary teachings and into sort of the, the more solid food and the deeper teachings. But he's like, you know, I can't come to you and teach you uh, the deeper things. I can't give you solid food because you're not ready. You're still on milk. There's still some basic Christian principles that they didn't get. Like Galatians 5, 6, the only thing that counts is faith expressing it through love. They, they weren't loving each other. That the world will know that you are Christians by your love. Basic things like getting your identity in Jesus and, and, and not, not in other things. Just basic Christian principles. that They were missing it because their self was on the throne. And so Paul said, I can't address you as people who are living by the Spirit. That's my heart for you. And that should all uh, be our, our heart as well. So talking about living by the Spirit, there are sort of various phrases that are used in the Bible uh, that we should strive for. To be led by the Spirit, to be walking by the Spirit, and to live by the Spirit, and to keep in step with the Spirit. And we can uh, use some images here to, to help us with these. Uh, being led by the Spirit. It's like the Holy Spirit wants to grab our hand and say, come this way. Come this way. I'm going to show you the way. I'm going to show you the way through your darkness. I'm going to show you your way through your sin. I'm going to show you your way through this difficult situation that you've got to go through. Come with me. He wants to lead us. <laughs> but sometimes we've got to let go of the hand and got to go our own way. But just don't let go of the Holy Spirit's hand. Be led by the Spirit. Allow Him to guide your life. Or we can say walk by the Spirit. You know, we as adults, we can walk ourselves. And we can walk, I can walk any way I choose. I can go this way, this way, this way, this way, this or this way. But you know there's a way that God wants you to walk. And this is the idea that the Bible talks often about becoming childlike. I mean, so many of our answers are just found in becoming more childlike in a relationship with God. When you're a little toddler, you can't walk yourself. You have to walk by your parents. They grab you, and it doesn't matter if the kid wants to go that way, you're going whatever the way the parent's going, right? This should be a picture of us. Uh, we walk by the Spirit. We just hang on to the hands uh, of our Father, and we say, Daddy, just leave us. Lead us in the way you want me to go. God, would you guide me through decision? I really want to go this way, but I think you're dragging me this way. So just, just, just help me walk by your Spirit. And maybe today you have been struggling with some decision, and you feel the Holy Spirit's tugging you this way, and you feel yourself kind of tugging yourself the opposite way, I tell you, the way of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control is the way of God. That's the fruit of the Spirit. You might think your way is best, but you go that way, it's going to lead to, to, to death and to, to chaos and, and, and trouble. And, and we think we would have learned that lesson by now because I make it all the time. I still think, I know better than you, God, in this situation. It's always like, bro, why did I do that? Uh, but we know uh, what happens when we go our own way. And so we just, like we do in worship, we just raise our hands and say, Daddy, take my hands. Daddy, take my hands and just, I want to walk by your spirit 
in life. Every step I take, you know, I want it to, to be by you. Or we can say, live by the Spirit. Galatians 5 says, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Because the Spirit's moving. The Spirit's moving all the time. Are you keeping in step with the Spirit? You know, when you walk through deep snow, it's always easier to walk in someone else's tracks. You know, especially if you have shoes on, you don't get so much snow in your, in your socks. And you, uh, but when, but the, you can picture the Holy Spirit walking in front of you in your life. In all of our lives, I mean, we know, Jesus said, in this world you're going to have trouble. There's deep snow everywhere. But the Holy Spirit is marching ahead of you. And he's placing the footprints. And the Bible says, keep in step with the Spirit. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. Just keep in step. Where he places his foot, you put it there. Where he places his foot, you put it there. And what's beautiful is, is you can recognize his tracks. You can totally recognize his tracks because his tracks are love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentle self-control. I mean, you might be wondering here, like, I don't even know which way the Spirit is going in this situation. i got a decision to make. Which way is the Spirit going? Follow his tracks. If this, what decision leads to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You need to make a decision in a relationship. Go the way of the Spirit, the way of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. That is where the Spirit is moving. And so uh, Paul is saying, I just want you to live this way. And Jesus said, he came to give us life and life uh, to the fullest. And, and this is the only way it happens, is when we live this, this, this surrendered life to Jesus. Romans 8 says, those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. In other words, to live by the Spirit, to make this a reality... Where we're walking, where Daddy's holding our hands, and we're walking by the Spirit. Where we're walking in the footsteps of love, joy, peace, patience, the, the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, where we're being led by the Spirit. It says we need to have our minds set on what the Spirit desires. And this goes back to what we talk a lot, that we need to make sure we are taking every single thought and taking it captive to make it obedient to Jesus. And any thought in your mind that doesn't line up with the Spirit, you just got to discard as quickly as you can. Because Satan will try to drop thoughts in there. You, who want to be on the throne, you're going to have your own thoughts in there. Just quickly dismiss, take captive every thought, and make it obedient to Christ. And you might look at a situation and say, it looks hopeless. You know who says that? That's when I'm on the throne. Holy Spirit says... All things are possible. All things are possible. You want to be led by the Spirit? You don't entertain thoughts in your mind that say, my situation is possible, this situation is gone, it's, it's hopeless, it's, it's over. That's what someone who has self on the throne says. But if you have Jesus on the throne, you know you have an all-powerful, mighty God living in you who's capable of blowing our minds away and, and stuff. And we realize we need to think that way. We have our minds set on what the Spirit desires. When someone ticks us off... Uh, you know, and we, want to, we just want to be bitter and we want to get back on the throne because we want to stew in our anger. Set your mind on the Spirit. 
love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Uh, just let your mind just be saturated with heaven. Let your mind be focused on the kingdom. Let your mind just as you live in that mode. And the Bible says that when we trust the Lord with all our hearts, and we don't lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways we acknowledge Him, He actually makes our straight, our path straight. You move from a life where there's lots of chaos to less chaos. And this is what uh, the Holy Spirit wants. So God, we just pray this over ourselves this morning. God, that you bring us to a place of deeper surrender in you. God, may we lift our hands and may you guide us. And God, when we want to go left and you want to go right, would you drag us right? God, I pray we'd walk by your spirit. Father, I pray you would lead us God, I know your hand is already outstretched towards us. So, God, I pray you give us the courage to reach out and grab your hand, which is already there. And, God, lead us in a way of the life everlasting. And so, God, I just pray you'd seal us in our hearts this morning. God, you'd help us to be those who keep our minds set on you, that you'd help us to be people, God, who take captive every thought and make it obedient to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name.